I'm going to start reading here in verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. And he spake as a dragon, and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. And the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save that he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of the name. Here is the wisdom. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. <clears throat> Going to talk about this second beast tonight. Remember we looked at that beast last week that came up out of the sea. And the beast that came up out of the sea that's, is symbolic and represents nations, governments, anti-Christian governments. And you think about the world's governments right now. You think about it. How corrupt they are. And all you, you know, you think about how beastly they are. When it's right, he got a good description of them. This governments and worlds around the world are beastly. They're very beastly. And they rule. And they reign. And the more their power that they can get, the better they like it. And people love to be governed. And that's what he's talking about. The anti-Christian government. You know, any And I said this last week, there's no such thing as a Christian nation. Never has been and never will be. Never has been, never will be. There's nations that forget God. All nations that forget God should be turned into hell. Israel and Judah, God's chosen people, they turned to idols. I mean, they wasn't even out of the Egypt Three days, and they started finding fault with God after He took them through the Red Sea. So you think about how beastly our nations are. That's a good description. They're beastly. They're just very beastly. And they eat people up, and just, they don't care about people. They say they do, but they don't care about people. They care about power. Care about authority. Care about letting people know that I can do this, and I can do that, and I can do something else. But this second beast that comes up out of the earth, he's the most dangerous. And here's the reason why. There in verse 11, he had two horns like a lamb. He appears as a lamb. He appears as a lamb. 
But I want to go up and make just a few comments on this verse 10 before we... Remember now, only people that's not going to worship this beast, worship the governments, worship the nations of this earth, and, and, and have not bow down to them as those whose lambs, names are written in the Lamb book of, of life from the foundation of the world. They're the ones that's not going to do it. They're that's not going to do it. God ain't going to let them do it. But it arises, this, and then he says, He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. Our Lord said here, you saints of God, you people of God, if somebody leads you into captivity, they're going into captivity. Except they can only lead you into captivity for a while. I'll lead them into captivity for eternity. And then he says, he that killeth with a sword, if you get killed with a sword, and they somebody takes a sword against you, he must be killed with a sword. But the sword that God yields is the sword of his justice, and that lasts for eternity. And then here's, uh, then him he said, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Remember, whatever they do to you, God's going to do it to them, except they're going to suffer for eternity. We just suffer for a time. They'll suffer for eternity. And that's why he says, but now let's go down here and go back here to this second beast. Now when we remember that these, these beasts, Satan is the one that uses them. They're just something in his hand to use. And they're used to him. And you and I have no idea, no conception whatsoever of the wickedness that goes on in this world and the spiritual wickedness that's in high places and among the spirits of this earth. And the Scriptures teaches us that very, very plainly. But here's the thing about this second beast that come up out of the earth that had the two horns. This second beast represents or symbolizes false religion, false philosophy, because he comes as a lamb. And let me show you over here in Revelations 19. Look over in Revelations 19 and verse 20. Now here you see the beast. You see the boast of the beast here taken in verse 19 20. But I'm just going to look at verse 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet. Listen to this, that wrought miracles. This false prophet wrought miracles before him with whom with which he deceived them that had received, listen to this, the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image, they were both cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. So their ends already determined. But this false prophet, this is false religion, this is false philosophy. And I told you, you know, I looked up humanism this week. And humanism, let me tell you, they've got a manifesto. You know, you've heard of the Communist Manifesto? Humanism's got a manifesto. They've got, a, they've got things that they believe, and they go down the line with the things that they believe. They've got a manifesto. And they meet, and have, there's a ruling body of them people. And they all meet in great big groups. And they decide what's going to happen in this world, what needs to happen in this world, and how that the man can solve all of our problems. And if they could just get rid of religion, then man would have no problems. Wouldn't have no problems. But this false prophet here, this false religion, he outwardly resembles a lamb. But inwardly, he's a dragon. He's a dragon. 
And you know you can hear him when he speaks. He has the voice of the dragon. And he has two horns. He don't have ten. He has just two horns. And when you look at him, he appeals to the eyes. He, he's appealing. He's attractive. And this beast looks innocent when you look at him. He looks like a lamb. But his speech is what betrays him. When he speaks, you hear the voice of the dragon. And a speech is what betrays everybody about what they think and what they believe. Now, it really does. I can show you that. Speech reveals the inner thought, the inner essence, the character of a man. And so what you say outwardly and what you are inwardly may be two different things. You may appear to be something and be something else altogether. Let me show you what I'm talking about in Matthew 12 and verse 34. Matthew 12:34. You know our Lord Jesus, you know he, His speech betrayed Him. And here's what our Lord said about these people here. Matthew 12:34. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak anything good? How can you speak anything good? You're an evil person. How can anything good come out of you? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And you remember when Peter stood before the fire and he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. This one woman says, you're of Galilee, you're following him because your speech betrays you. Your speech lets us know that who you're from and who you're with and everything about you. His speech, his language, betrayed him. And that's what it does. Our speech, our language, and what we say reveals the essence and character of a person. And this, and this is Satan here now. That had, let's say, the look at his voice. When you look at a false prophet, you not, he may look beautiful, he may appear gracious, he may appear nice, but listen, and listen to what comes out of his mouth. You say, this is Satan appearing as an angel of light. Paul said that. He said they're false apostles, deceitful workers. Satan appears as an angel of light. And his ministers are ministers of righteousness. What does that mean? He said they're teaching you how to live righteous, how to act righteous, how to attain righteousness, and how to finally end up in heaven if you're righteous enough. And that's what he means about that. And then they come disguised as sheep. You remember our Lord says, you know, said, said, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll appear outwardly as sheep, but inwardly they're raven and wolves. They come among you and they look like a sheep. They look like a sheep. And he comes up out of the earth. And James says the wisdom of this earth, wisdom of this world is earthly, sensual, devilish, devilish. And these two, two beasts, one of them is the anti-Christian government, and I mean our government is anti-Christian as it can possibly be. It really is. I have no problem saying that. I really don't. I really don't. And it's anti-Christian religion. The second beast is anti-Christian religion. And they work together. It may not appear like they do, but they work together. This false prophet, he exercised all the power of the first beast. Remember, his head had blasphemy on it. 
And he exercises all the power of the first beast. And they promote the same interest. And you know what their interest is? Cause men not to worship God in Christ. That's what they, they want to stop men and women from worshiping God in Christ. You know what they want you to worship? They want you to worship the will of man. The great God of this age and the great God that's always been, the greatest God that's ever been in this world, is man's free will. Man's will is so powerful, so mighty, so powerful, that God Himself can't do anything about it. Cry out man in His abilities. Bring God down and He ain't got no abilities. Tell man what he can do for God. Don't never tell him what God done for him. Tell everybody to love Jesus because He loves you whether you ever manifest it or not. And that's what they do. They say, worship the wheel. We'll worship. Paul, Paul said in Colossians, just we'll worship. And then they teach you to, or you know, to human life is everything. And yet at the same time they turn around and they commit abortions by the billions. Kip, you know how much important life is to these people that run our governments? They kill people by the billions. You think that's as anti-Christian as you can get. You can't get no more anti-Christian than that. God's the only one can give life and He puts life in a woman's womb and she decides at the government will pay for it and say, listen, go ahead and kill that baby. He ain't nothing anyway. It's just a blob. Just a blob. And oh my, and then they, they get taken up with a particular race. Oh my. And I tell you what they want to do is to subject men to the authority and the will of men. Paganism. You know, you don't have to go very far to find paganism. Go up here on the, stand on the streets and cross one. You'll run across all the paganism you want. Huh? You had to go far. I was a pagan. I was as pagan as they was. Now you all wasn't that way. I was a pagan. I was a pagan. The worst kind of pagan. And then you they worship paganism. When I was in Vietnam, I think they had these pagodas everywhere. And they got these little Buddhas sitting in them. And you know that you go in the homes, they got these little Buddhas sitting around. And you know you go and rub, <laughs> rub Buddha's head or rub his belly. And man, you're all right. And then there's the Pope. Now I'm going to tell you, you know what, you, you laugh, but listen. Do you know the Pope sticks out his hands and people bow down and kiss his ring? What kind of man thinks he's got the authority and the power and what kind of a fool is it that would bow down and kiss a man's ring and think that he's doing God a service and the Pope thinking he's doing God a service. I don't even kiss my own ring. <laughs> I kiss the wife I married from the, with the ring. <laughs> you know, but oh my, 
No, no, no. Paganism, the Pope. There's been infer worship. Idol worship. I've seen Baptist churches with idols sitting on their porch. Pictures of Jesus. You go out this graveyard, there's this great big picture of Jesus standing there. People go out there and get their pictures took with him. A statue. That's an idol. And I tell you what, put a picture of him up on the wall, you just as well have an idol. I'm telling you. Man worship, will worship. Sacrifices of every kind. But I'm telling you, beloved, they say Caesar is Lord. And there's angel worship. Oh my, you know how many people believe in angels and worship angels and call on angels? That's what they do. And you know, they call on saints. Can you imagine calling on somebody besides Christ? We're talking about false religion now. And we're talking about, could you imagine calling on anybody in heaven besides the Lord Jesus Christ? But they call on St. Francis, they call on St. Dominic, they call on St. Jude, they call on St. Aquinas, they call on every saint under the sun, and call on Mary, but the last person they'll ever mention is the Lord Jesus Christ. And when's the last time you've heard anybody on radio or any place else mention Christ? They mention the church, how you dress at the church, the Contemporary and fashion and all the ways you can come and all the services they can have and how you can look when you get there. But they never mention Christ. Antichrist is what they are. A free willer is as antichrist as you can get. And I'm going to tell you something else. Since we're on this, you know that and, and there's people that believe that in, in predestination and election in such a way that you may not know you're one of God's elect and may not know you're one of God's children until you get to heaven. They say God can save a person any way He wants to. He don't have to use any means. That's Antichrist too. God, you know, you know the greatest means God used to save a person in this world? Sin his son. And you think you're going to, he, go, he sent his son to live, to die, to bear sin in his own body on the tree, took him down off that tree and buried him, and he went to a tomb and he rose the third day. Do you think God Almighty is going to save a man apart from the death of Christ being declared to him? No. It ain't going to happen. God, you're not, we're not going to bypass Christ. We're not going to do that. God ain't going to let him. Oh, he ain't going to let him. And I tell you, saint worship. And then look what I said. Oh, my goodness. Ah, just, you can tell that I don't like this stuff. I don't like this anti-Christian stuff. I don't like it at all. And he doth great wonders. Look what it says there in verse 12. Oh, excuse me. Down here in verse 13. 
And he does great wonders so that he makes fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now, what in the world do you think he's talking about here? Look at Acts chapter 2 with me. Let me give you, let me give you a scripture, scripture in, uh, a view of what fire is. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. He does great wonders to cause fire to come down from heaven in the sight of men. Verse, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven as a, of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire. Like as fire. And it set upon them. And that was the Holy Ghost that they were talking about. And our Lord Jesus Christ, when He talks about fire, He's not talking about literal fire. He's talking about the fire of the Holy Spirit. Our Lord Jesus, John the Baptist said, He said, I'll baptize you with water, but there's coming one after me who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And the Holy Ghost represents fire. And so when he talks about fire, he's talking about a spiritual fire, a false fire. There's lots of false fire in this world. And there's lots of false fire in this world. And our Lord Jesus, you know, he said if it was possible, they'd even deceive the very elect. And this is a false spiritual fire. It's just a it's a thing that, that he makes people think that the Holy Spirit's coming down and doing great wonders. Great, great wonders. And he diseased men, and the scripture says there in verse 14, he brings down this fire from heaven in the sight of men, deceives them that dwell on the earth. Now I will show you another thing over in, in 2 Thessalonians 2. Now look over here at this with me. 2 Thessalonians 2. See what God says about this stuff. You know, <clears throat> He deceives men. The Scriptures tells they deceive and being deceived. Deceive and being deceived. You're talking about a young man tonight, you know, that was wrong and you told him the truth and he, he, he listened to the truth. I was deceived. Till somebody told me the truth. And I was willingly deceived. I didn't know until somebody come along and told me the truth. And look what he said here in verse uh, 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Mystery of sin. The mystery of lawlessness is already working. Only he who now lets that word let means to hinder to stop will let until he be taken out of the way until the Holy Spirit be taken out of the way and let this thing have his full course and then that shall that wicked be revealed now everybody here thinks this is a man everybody thinks this is a man but it doesn't say that it's a man it says when that wicked shall be revealed he's evidently got a title I think this is Satan more than anybody when that wicked shall be revealed, whom the Lord, listen to this, shall consume with the spirit of his mouth 
and he going to destroy him with the brightness of his glory. Even him, now listen, this is, the, this is what he's talking about. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, and here he goes again with all power and signs and lying wonders. So they do all these lying wonders. You know, say, well, we had 30,000 people got converted. I was looking at an article I wrote here a while back. Marketing Jesus. Marketing Jesus. You know these fellows go to school to learn how to market themselves. And they put Jesus on the marketplace. They put Him on the marketplace. And I've seen this thing that they've got going now that they're going to have all the teenagers, have all the teenagers come out as many as they can get out. And they're going to have a big shock comedian come and then they're going to have this great big singer come and they're going to give them all the pizza they can possibly eat. And they're looking for the greatest crowd that they've ever seen of teenagers. Give them some pizza. Give them somebody saying to them. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Uh, powers and signs and lying wonders. And listen to this. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. Oh, unrighteousness. They, they're deceivable. And them that perish. Now listen to this. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They have the same Bible we do. But they don't see the same thing. And for this cause, now listen to this, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie and that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in all that plan. All that plan. Huh? Oh my. Well, this, he deceives men. Oh, he deceives nations, deceives men. And then you go down here and look what it says there in verse 14. And he deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of that beast to come up out of the sea. Saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. Now, when they talk about an image, an image, that's all it is, is an image. There's no substance to it. There's no reality to it. It's just an image. To the beast which had the wound by sword and did live. So he makes the governments. He saves the governments. He comes and does things to the governments. And listen to this now. He said, and he had power to give life unto the people. You know, to give life to the image of the beast. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ, without God's permission, without God's power, and without God letting it happen, Satan can do nothing. It's given unto him. Given unto him. And I tell you what, in the power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, or he's going to be able to talk. Talk. And as many as worship not the image of the beast shall be killed. Multitudes on multitudes and multitudes have been killed for not worshiping the image or the state or Caesar or superstition or anything else. I've told you this before. You look at Fox's book, The Martyrs. 
And I tell you, the place called Smithville in England, they burned them at the stake there just one after another. Burned them and burned them. And you know those people, they would rejoice, and even they would rejoice and lift up their voices and thank God that they were allowed to suffer and praise the Lord for it. And then in what they had to call the Spanish Inquisition, the Catholic Church decided to, if you didn't join the Catholic Church, you know what they'd do to you? They'd either tie you to horses, two hands or two legs, and to horses and make them all go in different directions and pull you all to pieces. Or they'd put you on a rack and stretch you out on a rack and somebody start turning that thing and they'd start jerking your bones out of joint. And they'd do that and kill you if you did not join the Catholic Church. I mean, there's people that think, listen, do you know what Muslims would do to us if they got their hands on us? They wouldn't think no more of cutting a baby's throat than they would sitting on the ground. They're doing all of service. They're doing something for Mohammed. Oh my. And there's people suffering right now over their faith all over the world. And I tell you what, and did you take all oh, China, Russia, Africa, Asia? They all worship the Emperor of the Beast. And it's like the Jews said this morning. Said, We have no king but Caesar. And you know they said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And they said, We ain't got no king. Caesar's our king. And Caesar's the one set up the first emperor worship, the first Caesar. Huh? And then it was given unto him. There in verse 15, he had the power to give life. It was given unto him. Oh, only Christ can give that. Only Christ can give that. Then look what he says in verse 16. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And that no man might buy a cell or save he that had the mark or name of the beast or the number of his name. <clears throat> now, when he starts talking about everybody, he's talking about everybody, every kind of class and person on the face of the earth. They, got, they receive a mark in their forehead and receive a mark on their hand. And the false prophet, the false religion, gives a mark. Remember, he resembles the lamb. But now the followers of the Lamb, they don't receive a mark. You know what they have? They've been sealed. <laughs> they get marks. We're sealed. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit of power. We're sealed by the Spirit of God. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands assured having this seal. Christ. Yeah, Christ, He's our seal. And the mark of the beast, listen to me, what the mark of the beast is. I'm going to tell you what it is. The mark of the beast is the God-opposing, Christ-rejecting, church-persecuting spirit of Antichrist. Whenever and wherever it shows itself. Now I want you to look at a verse of Scripture in Deuteronomy 6, 8, chapter 6 and verse 8. I want you to look at that with me, then I'm going to say a thing or two about the mind and the hand. Deuteronomy 6, verse 8.
Now this is what the Lord tells Israel to do. Back up there in verse 4, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And these words I commanded this day. Teach them to your children. And then he says here, look in verse 8. Then bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. Those are those phylacteries. What they did was they put scriptures on their hand in little pouches. Rolled them up and put them in there. And they had this phylactery put around their head and little old verse of scripture right there in the middle of their forehead. And that forehead symbolizes the mind. Keep God's Word in your mind. Your thought, your life, your philosophy, and the belief of a person. The forehead, the mind, that's what it represents. The right hand, he said, put it on your right hand. The right hand is the deed that you do. The action, the works of a person. And what a person thinks, and how a person acts toward God and toward Christ, and his people indicates whether he has the mark of the beast or not. You know how many people we know that has the mark of the beast? I mean, you go listen to a woman preacher, woman pastor. Go listen to a homosexual preacher, pastor. What do you think those folks got in their mind? What do you think they're doing with their hands? You can't get more beastly than that. See how simple it is when you think about it? How plain it is? Huh? What a person thinks and how a person acts toward God, toward the Lord Jesus Christ and His people, indicates whether he has the mark of the beast or not. And the seal that believers receive, it's on our forehead. You know, we, you know over in, in, in Revelation 3, you go home and listen. He said he sealed them in their foreheads. He said he sealed them. Sealed them. God knows them better than He is. <laughs> He's got a seal on them. A seal means ownership. Identification. Oh my. And I tell you, that seal that He put on us reveals we belong to Christ. We worship Him. To have His Spirit, we have the mind of Christ. And with our hands and with our hearts and with our minds, we worship Christ. We believe Christ. We trust Christ. And we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And the Scriptures tells us we've been sealed unto the day of redemption. God said, they're mine. How do you know? I put a seal on them. Old Spurgeon used to say, you know, if you believe in election, why don't you just preach to an elect? And he said, if they had it on their foreheads, the left, the left, the left, that's the one God would preach to. But we don't know who they are, but God does. God does. And I tell you, the believer receives a seal. The unbeliever receives a mark. And look what it says here now about not buying or selling. And you know, here's some things that people... Here's wisdom. You know... Let him, let him 
His wisdom. Let him that hath understanding of the number of the beast. You know what the number of the beast is? Six. Six, six, six. You know the day man was made? On the sixth day. And six never makes seven. Never be perfect. And you show me a man anywhere that ain't nothing but a failure. Huh? I don't care how many numbers you put on him, he's still a failure. (laughs) He's still a failure. (laughs) Oh my. And what is this mark of the beast? Let me say this on the right hands and forth. Well, you know, here's what people have said over the years. They said, well, it's your social security number. Folks, was old timers were scared to death to get a social security card because they said, if I get that, so that's the mark of the beast. Then when they come out with barcodes, you know, and they could run a barcode across something, they said, oh my goodness, that's the mark of the beast. Then they started the census. I ain't going to tell you nothing about me in the census. That's the mark of the beast. You want to keep track of us. And then, you know, some people, you've seen, that, you've seen a dollar bill or whatever, and it's got that triangle on it, you know, and that eye right in the middle of it. That's the mark of the beast, too. <laughs> and then there's some that go around knocking on doors, and they say, if you worship on Sunday and not on Saturday, you've got the mark of the beast. That's what they tell you. And that 666 just means man. Sorry, sinful, God-dishonoring, Christ-rejecting, sinful, sinful, failing man. It's not an individual, not an outward visible sign that will appear on the wicked hands and hands and foreheart of a particular time in history. The beast always persecutes the church. By secular and religious power. Tries believers wherever they are. And wherever the beast appears, whether he appears in a Baptist church, Pentecostal church, Lutheran church, Catholic church, Baptist church, great, it don't make any difference where he appears. But wherever he's at, people are wearing the mark of the beast. Wearing the mark of the beast. And you know, cattle and slaves were marked, branded, believed that they belonged to the tailor. But the mark of the beast, and they go together all the time. But I tell you, it's the number of a man. So every time somebody tells you that you got the mark of the beast, their mind receives what lie they're told. And their hand reaches out and gets it. Their hand reaches out and takes it. And how beastly, beastly is the governments of this world. How beastly, you talk about beastly, how beastly false religion is. Just think of it as a great, big, vehement beast that's in this world. And view the government the same way. And then you get an idea of what I'm talking about. <clears throat> our Savior, our blessed Lord, thank you for letting us meet here tonight.
Thank You for the day that You've given us. Lord, thank You for Your truth. Lord, we thank You that You sealed us. And that we can't be deceived. You promised us we couldn't be deceived. Promised us, oh, that we'd have trials, we'd have troubles, we'd have heartaches, we'd have sorrows. You promised us there'd be a furnace of affliction for us. But we'd never be deceived. We'd never be lost. All man can do is what he can do to a body. He can't do nothing to a soul. He can't do nothing to that person that Christ has saved. He's eternally with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray that you'd give us understanding of these things. Not never make light of them. Not never be a partaker of them. Lord, you called us out from among them. Called us out of the world. Called us out of religion. Called us out of self-righteousness. Legalism. Free will. Works. You called us out of all that. Brought us to your blessed Son. And sealed us by that Holy Spirit of promise. God bless these dear saints. Lord, strengthen them, meet their needs. Keep them going in and coming out. Getting up and going down. Lord, bless them for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. See you tonight, God willing.